Our scripture today is Matthew 13, verses 1 through 17. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea. Such great crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat there while the whole crowd stood on the beach. And he told them many things in parables, saying, Listen, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seeds fell on a path, and the birds came and ate them up. Other seeds fell on rocky ground where they did not have much soil, and they sprang up quickly since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched, and since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and brought forth grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. If you have ears, hear. Then the disciples came and asked him, Why do you speak to them in parables? He answered, To you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. For to those who have, more will be given, and they will have an abundance. But from those who have nothing, even what they have will be taken away. The reason I speak to them in parables is that seeing they do not perceive, and hearing they do not listen, nor do they understand. With them indeed is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah that says, You will indeed listen but never understand, and you will indeed look but never perceive. For this people's heart has grown dull, and their ears are hard of hearing, and they have shut their eyes so that they might not look with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and turn, and I would heal them. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. Truly, I tell you, many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see, but did not see it, and to hear what you hear, but did not hear it. Hi, everyone. Good morning to you all. It's so nice to see so many people here. Some of you I'm really happy to see. No, I'm just... <laughs> if I have not met you yet, my name is Trevor. I'm the pastor here, and I hope above all things that uh, the minute that you came in here that you felt welcomed and that you felt uh, comfortable and that you had some, some nice donuts and just sat around, had some good conversation with people, and primarily that you felt God's love in here. That's the most important thing. That is the reason why we staked claim in this land and pumped this tent. Pumped this tent? Posted this tent? How do you do a tent? What do you do to a tent, huh? Pitch a tent. Thank you. Pump a tent. It's like inflatables. Yeah, just there's, nothing's happening and there's a bear coming. God's love is the most important thing that we have. And that's the one thing that we have trouble figuring out. We do. We have all of the stuff that's going on with religion and everything like that. And in our world, we still have trouble figuring out that one message. The one message that God tried to tell us from the very beginning, from the very first book of Genesis all throughout. If you want a theme, it's a love story. It's a love letter from God. It's a love letter from God telling us, you are loved by me. And it shows a history of us trying to run away from that love or trying to define that, uh, that love or trying to uh, deny that love and God continually fighting and, and trying to, to be there for us. And that all comes to uh, a head 
in the name of Jesus Christ. But yet when Jesus Christ is here, sometimes he speaks in these little parables. Uh, the seed and the sower and all that kind of stuff is one of those parables. And in, in, the, in the, uh, the gospel that we're at in the book of Matthew, he kind of takes us through this, uh, this kind of a, a bunch of these little parables, almost like these mysteries. And the disciples are around him saying, why are you speaking? You have the, the folks around you. Why do you. Why do you speak in such riddles? And Jesus says, you know, some people know and, and some people don't. Uh, and the one thing that I love when he quotes uh, Isaiah is that some people uh, have ears, but they, they, they have ears, but they don't hear. They have eyes, but they can't see. And it sounds really sad when you hear that. But there's that one phrase in there, and I will heal them. There's a message there for us. Every time that we read Scripture, I believe that the Bible is living and breathing in the way that when we read it today, there are messages that were planted there for us today. And one of those messages is the riddle. When we listen to the, the Scripture, we're not supposed to sometimes, there are times when we're not supposed to just take it at face value. There are times when we're not supposed to just get it right away. You ever have a Rubik's Cube? Remember the Rubik's Cubes? If you were ever a child of the, the 80s, uh, and I think they actually had made a comeback too. It always frustrated me. I hated the Rubik's Cube. I used it as a paperweight and that was it. But the person that created it was a, uh, a math teacher, and what he did is he created this cube so that people would have a puzzle, and as they were doing the puzzle, they would figure out math. I don't know how he did it. I don't know the, 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 you know, the, the, the length to, to his teachings there, but it was, that's how it started out. It was a tool. And Scripture, for us, can be the same way. For us to have something that we're supposed to kind of decipher, kind of delve into, kind of look for the mystery, kind of look for the clues, not get right away, that means we actually read into it a little bit more. That means we're supposed to engulf into it and understand it a little bit more. But keep in mind... I believe in this world that there's very few things that are black and white, but one of those things that is certain is God's love. And so whenever we look at Scripture, the one thing that we have to do is weigh it with God's love. And that causes us to look at Scripture sometimes and to delve into it. We live in a, in a time right now where people love to just take the, the bumper sticker approach. They love to take a, a Scripture saying, a sentence, and they love to take that and throw it at you to make a point or to throw it at you and hurt you or to throw it at you and solve all of life's problems. The world was chaotic when Jesus was there. It's chaotic now. The one message he wanted us to learn was that God loves you. And he wants you to delve into Scripture, and he wants you today, 2,000 years ago, he's sending a message for us today saying, take a closer look at what you're reading. Take a closer look at this message that I'm giving you. When you see things that talk about like, uh, things like slavery, when you see things talking about like repression that seem normal in this Scripture, some people are going to take that at face value, and they are going to use that as a way to justify the hatred of other people. But I want you to look at the mystery of this. 
I want you to delve in closer into it. Confuse yourself. Make, make it a mystery for yourself and try to solve that mystery. And the mystery takes us from there to here. And we balance it with what we know. And what we know is what I just said. God loves you. That's where we have to take a look at things and we have to decipher it. We have to think of it as, as, a, as, a, as a puzzle. We know the answer that we need. Sometimes it's hard to get there. We keep trying to take things just black and white. We try to take things just right here, and I'm just going to say that. That's the cause of this. This is why you're not allowed in the church. That's why you have to change. This is why I get to treat you less than. And Jesus was all about when he was talking about these parables. No, the people that I'm around, the people that I'm talking to, I want them to take this little story. And I want them to go into their homes and say, what was he talking about? What does that mean? What does that mean by the grains of sand and something's blown away and all of that kind of stuff? What does that mean? He wants them to live it. He wants them to breathe it. He wants them to figure it out on their own. Much like the journeys that we have in our life. I'm a parent. I don't know if we have parents here. Does anyone have a parent? <laughs> That's an easy one. There are times when my son would do things, and you, you know, as a parent, you want to just pave that road for him. You want to just walk with them, and you want to take care of all of the things, and you just want to be there for them. You just don't want them to trip up. But you know that if you do everything for them, they don't learn as much. And sometimes you actually have to let them stumble, let them make those mistakes, let them figure it out, let them decipher their, their own life. Because you know that every time that they do that, they gain something called wisdom. And that wisdom leads them further on in their path. That's what Christ is doing here with these parables. He wants you to go in and look further. And sometimes we do that with our faith. We're not supposed to, you know, be just a... I, I, I came out of the womb as a Christian and because I was told I was a Christian, so now I'm a Christian. And that's just me. That's my identity. I'm a Christian. And I get it, right? That's not what life's about. We know that. We're supposed to discover the faith on our own. We're supposed to discover the faith for ourselves. We're supposed to uh, decipher things in life, in our own path, our own identities. We're, we're supposed to seek. We're supposed to learn. We're supposed to trip over. We're supposed to question. One of the earliest ways that people would worship is that they would take the scripture and they would sit next to somebody and they would argue it. I think it says this. Oh, I think it says this. I think it says this. And they would just get into it, and they would argue the faith. They wouldn't argue with each other. They would argue the, with the scripture that they're seeing. And that was the way that they worshiped, because they delved into it, and they ripped it apart, and they got to know it a little bit more. We don't do that anymore. We look for the bumper stickers. I was going to preach about the, uh, what the, that parable actually means, 
but I'm going to invite you to go home and decipher it. Because what happened is I got into a conversation last week with Kai. Kai, can you come on up here? This is Kai. Wonderful people. <laughs> Have a seat. I had a great conversation with Kai. Um, can you, would you just start out just kind of catching them up to date, just kind of tell a little bit about yourself? Yeah, um, I'm Kai. I'm 20. Um, I'm a trans man, and I consider myself um, an agnostic theist, or hopeful agnostic, whatever you want to look at it as. Um, just kind of say, like, how I got to this church, or what do you want? Sure. Like, uh, so I've... I left the church about a year ago. Um, uh, I didn't intend to come back. Um, my one day, my dad, uh, <laughs> who's the I'm the son of the Scottish man, by the way. Um, I was born in Scotland. So uh, one day, my dad he comes to me. He's like, "Okay." He was going through his own um, journey with kind of his all his children starting to come out as trans and all this stuff and uh one day he's like you know I'll I'll go to pride my first pride event if you go to a Sunday morning service and uh I was like sure I'll, I'll try it out I haven't been back for a while but we wanted to find one that I could be genuine at because um like there are certain reasons I left my faith and due to those anytime I step inside a church I would just shut down um and so I'm looking online for, like, accepting churches. One at least that maybe not necessarily even accepting as much as just won't hate crime me at the door. Um, <laughs> yeah, so uh, I, I look and I'm like, oh, there's this one in a coffee shop called Neighbors. That's interesting. And I read about the um, Mr. Rogers and, and uh, kind of the basis of the church. And I'm like, yeah, let's try that out. And we tried it out. And I loved it the first week. Uh, not that I did any other week. I loved it always. <laughs> Downhill loved, from there. Loved it the first week. Loved it the first week. Uh, you know, and I was like, sure, let's try this again. But it wasn't till the second week I came back. Uh, and as soon as I walked through the door, people go, oh, hey, Kai. Hey, how are you doing this week? And, like, that was new to me for a church because I didn't... Um, it was so genuine. It wasn't like artificial. Nobody asked them to come say hi to me. They just remembered my name. And I was so surprised that people remembered my name. Uh, and that's when I, at first I was like, okay, you know what? This isn't just like a casual thing. I want to start delving into this, diving into this church more and having more conversations with these people who seem to have a genuine interest in having conversation with me. So, you know, um, I really want me to say well, more about no, that. Yeah, or? what was that like for you? <laughs> uh, what, what, was, what was the struggles that you were having with, with, with faith? So I was raised evangelical. I was raised in the church my whole life. Um, uh, it was about, about a year ago. I had kind of a mental breakdown and started, I was put in situations that led me to question just my faith entirely. Um, I was very much in the closet, so that was a huge part of it too because one thing is, I'm not sure if if anyone else here who's maybe grown up as a woman has these, uh, like, it's the same experience, but 
growing up as a woman in certain churches, as a teenage girl, I'm a trans man, but I grew up as a teenage girl, you are basically taught to hate yourself. You know, in a lot of churches these days, you are taught that you are the problem and you are, you know, all these things. You're given expectations you have to meet for the men in your life or for, for God. And that, along with the dysphoria I felt as being a trans man, led me to feel completely inadequate and hate myself entirely. Um, and not only did I hate myself, but I believe God hated me too. And uh, that led me to spiral and, and kind of deconstruct my faith. Um, as well as I saw how it was hurting those around me, in, in the, my, my trans friends and the, the LGBTQ plus community, like I would have moments with my friends where I just, I, I would look at them and be like, I don't know how I can hate you. I feel like I've been told by these people I'm supposed to hate you, but I can't do it. Like I don't have that in me. I would try so hard, but I couldn't do it. Um, because I used to be a very judgmental and legalistic Christian. Um, I would, you know, on top of being a hypocrite, I would hate everybody else for their sins, and I hated myself for my sins. Um, so it was about a year ago I deconstructed, and, uh, you know, I, I consider myself agnostic theist at this point, which means that I, I, I personally believe there's, there's, there's got to be a creator. I've just been, I've been blessed too much in my life to believe there isn't. Um, you know, and I don't know if that's just remnants of my previous faith, but I don't think I could believe there's just not a God. But being agnostic, I don't believe anything solid at the moment. So what I, I do believe, honestly, is that, and I think this, this uh, makes sense with the, you know, um, like, like you said, we've got to be constantly questioning, like, not questioning as much as we've got to be diving into different, we've got to be diving into our faith, diving into the scripture, diving into whatever you believe in. I don't think that it's, you know, whether it, you believe you're called as a Christian for this, I don't think we should ever be stagnant in our faith, whatever we believe. You know, we should always be moving, we should always be in, in, in flux. Like, I believe I'm very much in flux right now. I don't know if I'll settle on something, but... I think it's so important to constantly be having conversations, constantly be tearing scripture apart and believing, why do I, you know, figure out why do I believe this? Why don't I believe this? Why do the people around me believe this? You know, um, it's so important to have open conversations and not be defensive. And one thing I really appreciated about uh, last week, uh, I walked up to Trevor and um, what was it? The sermon you were preaching last week was about... Um, I that's, don't know. That's what it was. <laughs> you, uh, I slept through it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, um, he, last week you, I remember, it was because you stood up here and you were talking about um, the amount of people, you showed an article up here, you're talking about the amount of people who have left the church or don't consider their, identify as Christians anymore. And you, you said specifically, that's not just because people don't believe, it's because they don't want to associate with Christianity. That's a big thing for me. And that's why I, so I was like paying attention to that point. I was like, oh, that's me. I, I don't go by the label Christian because I've seen so many people be hurt by it that I can't, and I, there's certain things I don't believe about scripture that I'm like, okay, well, until I figure this out, until I don't know if the world would change, you know, what, what, what is a Christian, like, but I can't associate with that at the moment. So I was like listening very, very much and, and I expected you, I don't know why, I know that's not who you are, but I expected you 
because of past, past uh, pastors and stuff, I expect you to stand up there and be like, we need to change this, and this is like, these people are heathens, or because that's just what I, that's what I imagine. And instead, you stood up there and you said, I'm sorry for this. We've hurt so many people, and as a pastor, I'm sorry, and I'm taking accountability. That was something that was huge to me because what I've found, what keeps me coming back isn't even necessarily faith or religion, or it's that I've received so much healing from this church. Just from, like a year ago, I couldn't step into any church without having a a complete breakdown and getting, you know, bad memories back and stuff. But not only do I not have that here, but I'm like, it's redefining what a church can be for me. Because I didn't, every, every week I come back here, I think to myself, I didn't know this was what church could be. I've never seen church be this before, you know, it, 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 I never, so, so, and a huge part of that has been you standing up here and saying, I'm sorry, like, like taking accountability for all the hurt that, that Christians and the church have put out into the world and saying, how can we fix this and help those who are hurting? I think if anything, that is what you're called to do as a Christian. That's, that's what I always believed because, um, like, I might not be a Christian, but, like, me and my dad talk a lot about, because uh, that's what we love to do. I, I've, I just realized here, as, we, as you're talking, that um, the way we worship is by tearing apart, not necessarily scripture, but we, uh, that's what I've realized. That's why I love doing that so much, and having these conversations with you, because we will spend hours debating certain things, trying to figure out where we stand on certain things, and, um, and all that does is, is help strengthen our own faith in what we believe in. And uh, I've really, one of the things we talk a lot about is the characteristics of God, um, which, you know, is kind of always in flux for me because I'm not necessarily a believer. But um, like you said, one characteristic of, of God that I do believe never changes is love. You know, and it's these characteristics of God that, uh, you know, no matter what you believe or what faith, you know, to an extent like, the God of the Bible is still the God of the Bible that I learned about, you know, even though there might be something to the Bible I disagree with or I'm, I'm curious about or not sure about, but as a kid growing up, I still knew that loving God and I had a relationship with him. I don't know where that's at now, but I know that if anything, the, the God that I've seen in this church has got to be that same God because I've never seen more evidence of that God I used to know than here. So. That's wonderful. What, what message would you give to other, other folks out there? That are questioning or Sure, are, wherever they're at. Um, uh, I wanted to, yeah, here we go. I once mentioned there's a, a song by Maddie Zom, I think is her name, called If It's Not God. Um, there's one line in that it's about her deconstruction, and there's one line in that that goes, um, uh, if that was God, then I don't need to worry. He'll know why I left, why I ran in a hurry. And that has really helped me to, because there are, there are nights, if you're questioning whether you're a Christian, whether you're agnostic, atheist, whatever, it's human nature to want to know what happens when we die, want to know what happens, like, where are we going, like, What's the bigger picture? 
and that's scary. And even as an, as an agnostic, no matter what I believe, I'm still always questioning that late at night. That's just what you start to, to, to wonder about. And um, that, that line of that song kind of helped me to, to redefine, like, the same God that, that I see here, that I have grown up to believe in, I believe if it's God, he knows my heart more than anything. And that's why I like that line. He'll know why I left, why I ran in a hurry. He knows my hurt. He knows why I'm in this place I'm in. He knows why all of you are in the places you're in, regardless of your faith and your, your whatever status you, know, you consider yourself. He, I at least believe that he takes your intention above all. Not that nothing else matters, but that he, he should know you, your life intimately enough. That, that, that's what's given me... Uh, kind of a, a, just a sense of, just, like, I'm able to calm down about, about my doubts and my, I'm allowed to explore what I believe because I believe that at the end of the day, he, he knows where I'm at more than anybody who's going to tell me one thing or another, even more than I know, you know, uh, that, you know, he'll understand why I'm searching, like, why, why, I'm, why I'm where I'm at. And, uh, you know, just kind of where, where I'm going and, like, yeah. So, I mean, uh, I, I would definitely say, like, the, the scariest part is just training yourself to, like, because I just have accepted that I don't know and that I'm constantly looking and searching. That's actually a really fun thing to do <laughs> because it, it opens up so many new doors of, of like, and being trans as well, like, I'm just trying to rediscover who I am and what I believe and what does that, what does the Bible say about it? What does this say about it? Like, one reason I, I, I go to church is because, you know, I mean, I love the community here, but I love hearing from other people and their experiences with God, and their experiences with, with their faith, and uh, just, like, yeah, just, just, like, the first time I met an agnostic was when uh, one of my, my mom's friends uh, came over to visit, and he, we were all debating about the Bible, and, and uh, he was just, like, there's the, such an air about him of, like, like, he was debating on, like, we had an, an atheist friend with us, too, and he was debating on one side. Then he would switch and debate on the other side. He'd be like, you know, it was just so interesting to, to watch him just be in flux and constantly be, and he, he looked, he just, he had this air of, like, like, he was so calm about being uncertain about things. And I'm like, I want to know how to do that. Like, I was very fascinated with that as a child. And uh, it's, it's the, the, the hardest part about questioning your faith is just, learning to accept that you don't know. And I think that's very important even in your faith as well. Because um, I don't think we should ever claim we know everything. And, and like, I think that's when people start to get hurt, is when you claim your authority of your belief above everybody else's. You know, I believe we should always be hearing people, we should always be listening to people and, and learning, constantly learning and improving and changing and, one thing I, uh, I forget which sermon it was, but you were talking about, I mean, we, we just mentioned it again, about like these scriptures in the Bible that people kind of grab and hang on to and, and kind of toss at people. And uh, um, I had been under the impression until I came to this church that 
my only option was take everything in the Bible at face value or you can't be a Christian. <laughs> so, and a little bit ago you did a sermon about, hey, these things, like we can't stagnate as Christians and as the church. We need to evolve with the times and look at the context of then when it was written and the context of now has given me a kind of different understanding of like, okay, maybe I'm allowed to disagree with these certain parts because of the, the context of, the, of when it was written and still be a Christian or still believe. You know, it's given me that kind of freedom to, to, to kind of be like, I don't have, it's not a take it, take it all or nothing situation. I'm allowed to rediscover what I believe about it. And, and you know, that doesn't make me, because it's very, it was, it was very much a, with us or against us situation, you know, and, uh, to be told kind of, hey, you, you're allowed to question these other bits and, and, and not take them at face value is very helpful. Not something I've ever heard anybody else tell me I was allowed to do as a Christian, you know? So. Well, I, I just, I'm so grateful that you shared this story with us, and I'm so grateful that you found Neighbors Church, and wherever you are in your journey, I hope you know that you are welcomed and loved here. Sure. Can we hear it for Kai? Thank you. I believe that that's just, uh, thank you so much, but that's just an example of wherever we're at in our life, we're all on different parts of our journey. We're all in different places. We all have different stories. And the message that we must reiterate, reinforce, we must meet here every week to get re-energized is that God loves you. May we all feel that today. And may we all share that today.